Welcome everybody to Between the Lines, the podcast from Jewish Quest. My name is Simon Eder, and each week I'm joined by a special guest to explore that week's parasha. And it is wonderful to welcome back Professor Nemi Gratz, who has been the professor of English at the University of the Negev in Israel. She's the author of a number of publications and also blogs at the Times of Israel, a wonderful blog on the weekly parasha. It is wonderful to have you back, and I know that we want to explore the character of Asnat together. And I really wonder, maybe to begin with, Asnat, who I think is mentioned in only three verses in Genesis, really who she was. Okay, so let's start. I actually have in front of me the Hebrew, but that's, but Asnat is mentioned in three places in Genesis. In 41, in chapter 40, she's mentioned twice, once in 45, verse 45, and once in verse 50. Pharaoh gives Joseph a new name, Paneach, and he gives him Asnat, the daughter of Potipharah, who I'll say it in Hebrew, Kohen On who is the priest of On, to be his wife. So that's the first mention of her. The second mention is a little bit later, a couple of verses later. And that's when Joseph has, notice how fast things happen in the Bible. Joseph had two sons born to him around the time of the famine, before the famine. And it says, who were born to him, Asher Yeldalo Asnat, Bat Potipharah Kohenon, who were born to him by Asnat, the daughter of Potipharah Kohenon, uh, the priest of On. So again, it's mentioned that she's the daughter of a Kohen, of a priest of On. And then they are names. The older is Menashe, um, and the younger is Ephraim. So these are, Menashe is just going to be a very important tribe in the future, and Ephraim is also Another name occasionally for Israel, for Judah, we have here, we have here for Judah, for Israel. And then the third mention is in chapter 50, 46, verse 20. And it says, and Joseph had born to him in Egypt, his the children who were born to him by Asnat, again, Bat Potipharah, Kohen On, again, the priest of On, Menashe and Ephraim, with the list of all of the genealogies. So what's very clear is that he was married to someone who was the daughter of a priest, an Egyptian priest, presumably, of On. So that's all we know about her in the Bible. So that is very interesting, I would say. So thank you for that introduction. And then I really guess that the rabbinic tradition has much more to say about her, and it's diverse. What does the Midrash make of Asnat? Okay, first of all, I want to just present the problem, which is that she is both a daughter of a priest. The rabbis are clearly concerned about this, that she's a daughter of a foreign priest, and she's a daughter of an Egyptian. So in other words, the rabbis are going to deal with this. So the first mention is a very creative mention, and this is something that's known. We all know this. I say it in quotation marks, and we all know this, is that she is Dina, that Asnat is the daughter 
of Dina. That and this appears in the, in the Targum of which is a seventh century before the Sea, and not before after. And the problem is solved. Simply, okay, she's the daughter of she's the daughter of Joseph's sister. In those days, it wouldn't it would not be considered incest because it's Dina anyway, and that solves the problem. Okay. She, Dina, if you remember, was raped by Shechem, and Snat was born to Dina. So that solves one problem. And then that's repeated in the Midrash. And as was following this, it's repeated in the Midrash. And, and they add, so they build on the story. They build on the story. And so you have in the Midrash Agadah in the 12th century that they build on this. And so what happened, and there are different versions. There are different versions of the story. So in one version, Jacob wrote on some sort of an amulet. What all of her history, the rape and everything. And then somehow or another brings her to Egypt. She, he lays her down by the wall with all of the history. She's wearing this amulet. And one day, Potiphar, or Potiphera, I, if that interests anyone, Potiphera is very often identified as Potiphar, but there's arguments about that. We can come back to that afterwards. Anyway, he went out for a stroll and they heard a baby crying. And uh, he said, Oh, and he read everything that was on the amulet. And he said, Oh, Let's get her a nurse. And because he brought her up, she's referred to as his daughter. So that's one version. And then there's another version of it, which is that the, the brothers wanted to kill kill her. And so to protect this daughter of Dina because of the shame, that's why they wanted to kill her. So to protect the daughter of Dina, the angel came and swooped her away and brought her to Egypt. And then the same story more or less continues. Then when at some point she's brought before uh, Joseph, and he reads all this history, and then he, this is old Midrash, of course, he reads all this history, and probably Joseph likes to cry a lot, probably cries, and he says, oh, we're Mishpacha, and he's very happy about that, and there's no problem, because he's marrying in, and no problem that he's marrying someone who is, so basically what I always say when I describe this, they, they, the rabbis kill two birds with one stone. She's not the daughter of a priest, and she may be an adopted daughter of a priest, but she's not a biological daughter of a priest. And she also is not an Egyptian. She is an Israelite. So this is more or less the rabbinic. And I also like this story, although it's not related so much to the parasha, but whenever I, I've been using this story for years because I've written a lot about Dina, and you have closure for the story of Dina. In other words, that's also what's very interesting because what happened to Dina? Did she get pregnant? Whatever. And so there's continuity. In other words, what happened to Dina ended up having a purpose. It wasn't just a terrible tragedy, but it ends up having a purpose. And the rabbinic way of doing closure, I don't know if that was their intention, to tell you the truth, but I like to see it in the story that way as being some sort of a closure, that she has continuity and that the rape as terrible as it was, still leads to a future. But there's another problem because you have Ephraim and Menasha, these very important tribes later on, are basically the grandchildren of the rapist. So, <laughs> so we, I'm not so sure what we're solving. It's interesting and perhaps not surprising that the rabbinic tradition obviously wants to bring Asat back within. But Perhaps more interesting is the fact that she's really not from within. I wonder what, what you make in the commentary on the commentary. No, by the way, what's interesting, just I mentioned Potiphar and Potiphera. So Rashi actually says that Potiphar and Potiphera are the same. And he has this very involved explanation of it, basing his, on the word 
para, and that he became actually a you, which is very interesting. It's interesting in connection, perhaps, with the story about the other woman in the in, in Joseph's life, which is the woman who attempted to rape Joseph. So, that, so that, that's very interesting in itself. And if somebody wants to read about, that was my blog last week, and they could read that in my blog. But what, so this is an interesting point, I think. Um, but by the way, Rashbam, who is Rashi's grandson and who likes to go with the pshat, makes it very clear that Potifara, Potifera and Potifar are not one and the same. He makes it very clear that according to the pshat, there's no way this could be. So this is interesting in itself. So Rashbam does a very interesting thing. He brings, and it's a little bit complicated, but Rashbam brings um, a, another pasuk, another verse to show that just like David's sons were referred to as Kohanim, and of course they were not Kohanim, they were more they were like princes and rulers, but they were not Kohanim. It, it uses the fact that here when it says that, that she's the daughter of a Kohen, it's not really a Kohen, but it's a, he's a ruler or a commander. So that Rashbam, on the one hand, doesn't accept that Potiphar and Potiphar are one and the same. On the other hand, he says a Kohen is not a Kohen. So Rashbam manages to get out of the fact that she's married to, that he's married to a Kohen. I think that's really fascinating. It does bother the rabbis. It clearly bothers the rabbis. But then you also have something really interesting, which is that one of the uh, apocryphal books deals with the whole story. And that's really fascinating. And well, I, yeah, no, let, I'd love to come on to that. Okay. That's obviously an important uh, apocryphal book and goes into this 48-year rule that Joseph and us not have together. What does that book really reveal about us not and What's the implications? First of all, they give her, let's keep, start with the biblical. In the biblical account, she is totally passive. She has no personality. She's simply identified as the daughter of, right? In the Hellenistic story about, which is called Asnat, which is also sometimes called Joseph and Asnat. And there are a whole bunch of them. There are a whole bunch of these stories. And you have here, they were mostly written in Greek. And no one knows about the exact dates of the composition. But a little bit about 100 years before the common era, 100 years after the common era, more or less. But here in that story, Asnat actually worships foreign gods, right? But she worships foreign gods. And then when she meets up with Joseph, she undergoes a, I don't want to call it a conversion, but all right, well, let's call it a conversion. She converts to the Jewish religion and becomes a big believer. So what happens in, with the story with us not is that she meets up with him when he's busy getting the all the food ready for the fam. And that's how they meet up. So she actually meets him right before the shidduch is made. And it's actually because of this, she talks to her father and tells him about this young man. And so it's not Pharaoh who suggests that they get married. It's actually the father of Asnat who is the one who gets them together. So this is also very interesting. She's described as a beautiful daughter, a virgin. She was tall, attractive, beautiful. Again, this is very much like all of the daughters Jacob marries, who Sarah, who Rebecca and Rachel and Sarah, they're all described as beautiful. And if she's beautiful 
And we know that Joseph is described as beautiful. You could just imagine how beautiful their children will turn out to be. So again, the fact of her beauty is very important. And up till this point, she's never been interested in anyone because she's so beautiful that no one deserves her. So this is really interesting. And then her father, who is, and here he's described as a priest in own here is described as a place in Egypt, which is called Heliopolis or Heliopolis. And so he arrives there and he, that's, and the father has a big estate and everything. And one day they meet and the marriage is arranged. They all happily ever after. But no, the point is she does convert to the religion. She At first she doesn't want him, but then at a certain point she decides to. Remember, this is like a novella. So there's lots of stories and things change around. And so you end up having here, on the one hand, she looks down on him because he's a shepherd's son. On the other hand, he's so beautiful. And so she changes and she has a speech, you know, how wonderful he is and how, how I have spoken against him in the past. And now she, when she reverses, I'm reading, I'm quoting here from a passage from Asnat chapter six. She says, oh, Lord, the God of Joseph, be gracious to me because on my part have spoken slanderous words against him in ignorance. And now let my father give me to Joseph as a servant and slave, and I will serve him forever. So you have here this language, which is very flowery and full of all sorts of, just like any novel, back and forth. And then she eventually converts. And there's a lot of problems because he's thrown into jail. The whole story is an interweaving of this what is known about Joseph with all of this fabricated story about Asnat. What the purpose of the story is, the purpose to, she, she remains the daughter of a priest, but here the switch is that she converts. And so if she converts, and so you do have, you have rabbinic sources where she is like one of the converts, right? There is a rabbinic source where, let me see if I could find it here. I'm looking right now at my Barilan commentary to see where I can, but I know that there's a whole list here. Besides the regular ones that we know about, like Ruth and Rachel, there are even more in the list. I can't find it right now. No problem. I wonder maybe just finally going back to the wider Joseph story, your take on the, I suppose really the, the wonderful story that it is and and the absence of God in the story and how you see that it fits within the book of Genesis. When you say the absence of God in the story, that, that's not exactly true because all along, what you mean by the absence of God, in other words, why didn't he save Joseph when you're saying the absence of God? The name of God doesn't appear. However, Throughout the story, it says that Joseph is succeeding. He's constantly succeeding, and he's succeeding because God is with him. In other words, God may not be in the story, but it's constantly that he's succeeding there. And also you have, which I'm glad to write about that and have written about it. You have it later on, in he says this amazing thing to his brothers. No, I forgive you. Why? Because it was God's intention to bring me here and save everyone. So in other words, God may not be there, but in Joseph's mind, God is with him all along, and God is there to prevent him 
from even in the Midrash, it also says it very nicely. How come he didn't end up being, how come he didn't accept Potiphar's wife's running after him? How come he wasn't tempted by her? And there's this amazing Midrash, which is that he remembers the God of his father. In other words, that the God of his father doesn't want him to behave in this way and interferes with his flinging with Potiphar's wife. So God is there. In other words, he is there, but not actively. And I would almost say if Joseph is so convinced that God is with him, is that what made him survive all of this terrible trauma that he got, undergoes because he succeeds? He, he, you know, he saves everything. It's like this adventure story. He's thrown in the pit. He's taken to eat, but the pit, is, the pit itself is has no water in it, so he doesn't drown. And then, miraculously, before the brothers can kill him, he sold to the he sold the, the Midianites, sell him to the Yishmaelites. We have all of these things happening. It's almost as if there's what we call a Deus ex machina, which is in the background. It may not be our gods as we think of it but it's a an angelic presence is constantly saving every time he gets into trouble he somehow or another gets out of it he's thrown into the pits so he reads the dreams and it must be the the wine is it the wine one or the ofe i forget which one but anyway the the king's servant forgets about him but then suddenly when pharaoh has a dream he remembers it in other words it's this constant saving situation and in the end of his life he said don't you know don't worry brothers Everything's fine because God was with me all these years and he brought me to save the people and to save you all. So there is God in there, even though if you don't have you don't have fears like God says to there's no conversations with God, like with Abraham or with Jacob. You don't have conversations. Is that I don't know if that answers your question. Is that what you had in mind? No, no, that no, that. An important, an important reminder. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back and for sharing those different aspects of Asnat and continuing along our journey of the wonderful Joseph story. And we do look forward very much to your coming back again. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, then do download. You get your podcast from on Stitcher on a variety of places and of course do check out our content that we have on our mothership jewishquest.org and we very much look forward to meeting again next week. Mm-hmm.